The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. My first guest in this first half hour is Alan S. Charles. And Alan has lived a remarkable, diverse, and full life from playing professional baseball to being a professional harness racing driver and singing with Barry Manilow at Radio City Music Hall. Losing his father at a young age, he managed the best he could alongside an emotionally destroyed mother and a younger brother who lost the battle to mental illness. He navigated his way, the only way that he knew, and he threw himself into job after job. He played baseball. He did many things, but then he found himself having, having trouble with his inner demons. And his book is Walking Out the Other Side, An Addict's Journey from Loneliness to Life. Welcome, Alan. Hi, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. So what happened was that after all of these difficult periods in your life and all of the dysfunction and pain, the way that you relieved this was you became addicted to cocaine. And that, uh, that actually brought loss in all areas of your life. But you've regained it back. So I think that's just so inspirational for people. And my, my question is, you're battled when you battled your addiction for 24 years, losing family and friends and livelihood. You know, where, what was your darkest moment and what was that moment that said, oh, no, I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm going to turn it around. That's a great question. I had, with a 24-year addiction, I had a lot of dark moments uh, towards the and a couple of things that really brought me to my knees uh, was I was going through a divorce and I was in court with my ex-wife and we, we were going back and forth and judge uh, through the prompting, I guess, of my ex-wife's attorney um, requested that I be drug tested and I tested positive for cocaine and the judge ruled that I could have no contact, phone contact or visitation with my young daughters for six mm. months until mm. I showed six straight months of weekly clean drug tests. Mm. Wow, so that'll that sober, that'll, that sobered you up, didn't it? Well, unfortunately, uh, the addiction went on another eight months after that. So uh, it was, I battled and battled and battled. And um, I don't know if anybody that knows about the disease of addiction, 
Um, they say that a lot of the times the recovery, if it's going to happen, it comes when you hit a bottom, and my bottom kept getting lower and lower and lower. Mm. So um, what was it? What was it, um, Alan, that finally turned it around? I mean, it had to be, there had to be some defining moment here. Well, I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but the, the defining moment, uh, the actual moment that I look at is after I had a three, another three-day run where I was up using, um, I had gotten up and I saw my phone blinking and uh, there was a message there from my therapist. And I, at that point, I still didn't want contact with the outside world. Um, I was, um, as I mentioned, I was up for three days and I just started to get some rest. And I listened to this message, and this therapist that I had worked with, her name was Nancy, and she'd been working with me. Oh, God, this was 2007, and I started seeing her in 2000, so a little over seven years. And um, she knew completely what my situation was and the addiction and what I was living through. And she said to me, or she left a message that said, Alan, you have to come back now. You're going to die. It's time to come back. Mm. And um, and I just, I, I listened to that message over and over again. It just kind of hit me between the eyes. And um, fortunately for me, that was a little over eight years ago, and I've been sober ever since. Wow. So that was like the final straw. That was the wake-up call. Um, as they some, sometimes refer to, that was my enlightenment or my spiritual awakening. And uh, from that point on, I started to work a very strong program of recovery. And I'd been in and out of recovery, going to AA and CA, which is Cocaine Anonymous meetings. I'd been to four inpatient rehabs, 15 outpatient rehabs. I knew I had... I thought I was sick and I wanted to get better, but I just could not get that. So what, what is it? I mean, you did, you did, you are in recovery. You've done very well. You speak to audiences worldwide. What got you up? What were the tools you used once that therapist talked to you, Alan? What was it? What did you do? Because you dramatically had to change what you were doing. Well, I changed everything that I was doing. So I threw myself into recovery. I took suggestions. I started to go to AA and CA meetings, not one or two, but sometimes three a day. Wow. Uh, there, was a whole, there was a whole program that I used. I, I wasn't employable at the time. I had lost a, a very big job. I had been fired from another job. Um, that I had gotten right after um, the big job I lost. And I just couldn't keep a job because I was too busy doing cocaine and I was sick. So um, I wasn't working, but I was going to a lot of meetings. I was reaching out to other people that were into recovery. Uh, I did some reading. I started uh, getting myself involved with spirituality. I was doing everything and anything that I could possibly do because I was at such a low point in my life. Mm. From the outside, it looked like I had everything previous to this crash I had in the beginning of 2007. Despite my addiction, I was married. I had two children. 
I had this big job in Manhattan. I had a house out in the suburbs in Long Island. I had two children. I had the house with the white picket fence, mm. the two Labradors. The, the mm. wife had the nice car. I had the train car. And from the outside, it looked like I had this unbelievable life. But I was so alone inside and so sick. And uh, it, it was just a mess. Well, the thing that you talk about, and, and I can really relate to these because I've used these myself as persistence. You talked about focus in terms of the tools that you use to help bring you back to life. Willingness to get out of your comfort zone. Faith, believing in yourself, and humility to ask for help. So how long would you say, Alan, you know, going to the meetings and getting help and talking to people and, you know, believing in yourself, how long did it take before you felt that you were back on your feet? That's a great question. Um, it was, the first year of recovery was the toughest. To put together 365 days of not doing cocaine or having a drink of alcohol or any mind-altering substance was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And th- with, with all of the five tools that I shared and that you just spoke about, um, they were all a piece of a puzzle to getting better. Um, you know, I, and part of the persistence of never giving up, I don't know if you want me to talk about them individually. Absolutely. But, uh, okay, so the, the persistent piece, I believe that I had that in my life from a very early age. Somehow I had discovered what it was like to never give up no matter what. Uh, there mm-hmm. were some some really tough circumstances in my life growing up. I lost my dad when I was nine, and my mom kind of checked out and was emotionally unavailable and, and kind of emotionally abandoned me. My brother had some mental illness, so the household mm-hmm. became very dysfunctional. There was a lot of violence, and I got myself out of the house going to work at 12 years old and doing different things. Uh, I found the love for harness racing. I found the love for baseball, and I pursued both of them. And I fortunately had some very uh, big successes. I was a professional baseball player. I was and still continue to be a professional harness racing driver. So my persistence of going after everything um, was, was just kind of built in me. Um, as but far that's as what helped you. And, that's one of the things that really helped you. Well, I think so, and I think it played a big point in my recovery because, as I shared, I was in and out of uh, recovery or, you know, going to AA and CA meetings, and I shared about all the rehabs um, for over seven years until I was finally able to get it. I kept falling down on my face, and I kept getting up. I think there's that that. Asian um, Chinese proverb that they say, fall seven times, get up eight times. That's that's my story. It couldn't be more clear than that, is I just kept getting up no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as the focus goes, uh, paying attention and trying to do the next right thing. I was, uh, especially during my recovery, I was, and, and it combines with the, the willingness piece. So I, I became willing. I'd been beaten up so bad. I knew that I didn't know how to do the right thing because my best thinking 
put me in the situation that I was in. So I focused on what people were, people that had come before me that uh, had recovery and showed me what to do. So I had a willingness to do it, a willingness to listen, and and I focused on what they were telling me to, to do that next right thing. Then there was the faith piece and having, you know, I had faith in myself for a long time, but I could not do things by myself because I ended up in a situation all alone with this disease and I didn't know what to believe in. And finally, I was shown by other people to have faith in something more powerful than myself. Um, you know, people, some people talk about the AA and the CA program as, as a religion, which it isn't, it's spiritual, and they do talk about God, but it's not, you don't necessarily, everybody has their different vision of what God is, but they told me to use G-O-D as representing good orderly direction. So I be able I began to have a faith in what people were sharing with me and that I would be able to get better if I did the same things that they were doing. And then that last piece that you had mentioned or, or and that I share is humility. And it's being able to ask for help and being grateful for what I have. Uh, and and that was something even though what I was I was grateful to be alive. I should not be alive. And there are stories that I share in the book, one where I was pronounced dead at a car in a Mm. car accident. Mm. And um, I've just been very lucky and I'm very grateful. And um, at that point, especially in early recovery, uh, I became very humble, and I asked. I needed help, and I had to ask for help. And you got and it. Like All right. We're going to take, take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to Alan S. Charles. His book is Walking Out the Other Side, An Addict's Journey from Loneliness to Life. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to expand the legacy that you leave behind? Get the inspiration you need by hearing from others who are doing just that. Listen for Your Why with host Nelina Varinas. The show features amazing guests who have saved lives, helped others, and brought forth hope to others around them. By hearing their stories, you can make some stories of your own. Your Why can be heard every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you found the beauty inside of you? 
Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone we are back my guest is alan s charles his book is walking out the other side an addict's journey from Loneliness to Life. Alan S. Charles has lived a remarkable, diverse life and full life from playing professional baseball to being a professional harness racing driver and singing with Barry Manilow at Radio City Music Hall. Um, He's had a lot of lifelong uh, difficult situations. And finally, seeking relief from all of that, he became addicted to cocaine. And he ultimately lost it all, and he's gained it back. And he's won this battle with his inner demons after 24 years of being in and out of rehab. And he tells his story. He's been clean and sober since 2007. And he is a motivational speaker. He's been featured in the New York Times, the Stadium Journal, Daily Racing Forum, and many others. And again, the book is Walking Out the Other Side, an Addict's Journey from Loneliness to Life. Welcome back, Alan. All right, so what's the lesson, you know, what, if someone is listening who either has been addicted or has an addict in their life, whether it's a friend or relative or acquaintance, what do you say to them? Where's the hope? Because this is not an easy, this is not an easy struggle. This is really tough. Well, you hit it right on the head. It's It's a very difficult struggle. And the key piece of this, fortunately or unfortunately, is Somebody has to be willing to want to get better. You can't get yeah, somebody better. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, you have to want it. Yeah, so I was in and out, and I wanted it for a long time, but I wasn't doing it strictly for me. I was doing it to either save a job, to save a relationship, to save a marriage, to see my children. Whatever the case may have been, there were ulterior motives. And then finally, I made a decision inside that I need to get better for myself. So I believe, and what I've seen, is that you have to really want it and do this for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is the key. So you turn your life over, and it seems there's you know plenty of different ways to, to do it, but uh, the most successful piece has been the program of recovery and working a spiritual program seems to me and others to be the best way to put this disease in remission. Why do you think, Alan, that 12-step groups are so successful? Because they seem to be. Well, they, they seem to be. I don't know 
I, I've heard some really tough numbers as far as successes of people going to rehab. And I think it might be based on what we just spoke about that somebody has to be ready. Uh, when I went to a couple of rehabs, I remember them saying that the success rate of somebody coming out of a rehab and getting better is somewhere between 3 to 6%. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so low because... Many people aren't there because they want to get better. They're there for relatives. They're there because they might be court-appointed or, you know, God knows what many other reasons. But this is a really difficult disease to to get better from. I struggled, like you said, the 24-year addiction. I had to hit bottom after bottom after bottom until I finally decided for myself that I needed to get better. Mm. So, what then, what is your message of recovery? What is it that, you know, you've spoken in cities around the globe. So, what is it that you say to people? I think the first thing you've already said is you have to want it. Even if you don't know how you're going to get there, right? You have to want this. So, do you, do you suggest therapy, 12-step groups, um, you know, exercise, change your diet. What do you, do all of the above? No, you hit so many wonderful pieces. Uh, if you were creating a program for somebody to, to change their life around and somebody that has a drug addiction, they need to change their life around. So all of those things were powerful tools uh, that I actually had to do to get my life back. And it included going to therapy, finding therapy at any age, it is a remarkable thing if you find a good therapist. There's a lot of therapists out there, but if you you need to find, because I went to a handful, so I found one that I really connected with, and when you do find that one, there's nothing more transformational than having a good therapist. So that that is one piece. And then there's the exercise and the diet. I want to ask you another question about that, though. You know, when you say you've got to find a good therapist, many times, Alan, we think we have, but it may not be the right person. How do you know if this person is correct for you? Is it because you feel you're getting better? And sometimes we outgrow our therapists. You know, sometimes they've helped you as much as they can, and then they can't help you anymore. What do you think about that? I believe that that's possible. For me, I spoke and uh, went to a handful of therapists, mm-hmm. and they would listen. And there was a lot of times that I did most of the talking. They wanted to hear my life. They wanted to know what's going on. They made a couple of suggestions, and I felt empty afterwards. Or I took a look at myself mm-hmm. at three months or six months, and I didn't see growth. Uh, or I've had loved ones in my life where they pointed out they don't see a difference in me. But when I connected with my therapist, Nancy, who I was with from 2001 and worked through the entire time that I was in and out of a program until I finally did get better, um, she was amazing. And the support and the feeling that I had from her was transformational. And, um, you know, I hope that answered the question. Absolutely. All right. Um, You said that after triumphing over many obstacles, you believe that your life is a miracle. Why? 
I don't see any other way that I can explain it. With everything that happened, and if uh, people read the book, all the different stories that are in there, that I had a handful of near-death and death experiences, and using cocaine, the amount of cocaine I did, the horrible situations that I put myself in, Mm -hmm. uh, being up for seven days at a time, uh, overdoses, that when I would go into the programs or go into an A or CA meeting after maybe not being there for a month and trying it again, I would walk in ash gray and shaking, and mm. everybody that saw me come in um, said, this guy's going to die. He's not going to make it. Mm. And after I finally got a year to get the celebration of people that, that saw me go in and out of the rooms for seven years was probably the, one of the most emotional things I'd ever been a part of because the, the saying was that if Alan could get sober, anybody can get sober because my I was at one rehab where my counselor referred to me as dead man walking. And, wow. Uh, and it was, I was at the bottom of the barrel. They, and, so, you know, I'm not touting yeah. anything. It's just that's where I was. So, and that's why I share. If I am, if I was able to get sober, you know, I believe anybody can. Right. So what would, what, what is your message for our listeners? What are some things they can grab onto that they might be able to do? Well, you, we started to talk a little bit about that, about changing um, everything that they do, asking for help, having humility. Uh, the, the piece that I think supersedes just addiction, but life in general, is to never give up. No matter mm-hmm. what, you mm-hmm. get your mindset that you want to get better, you can get better, I'm going to get better. No matter what, and that part was ingrained in me from a little mm-hmm. kid that mm-hmm. I used to walk to school after I lost my dad, and I would say to myself, I'm here on earth all by myself, I'm all alone, and no matter what, I am going to get out of or get through any situation. And I kind of had that mantra that carries me to this day, that carried me through business, that carried me through my addiction. And, um, you know, the the one thing I did want to add is this book, even though it's about my 24-year cocaine addiction and my recovery, I'm not that different than many other people. I grew up, I had fears, and I had anxiety, and I had some depression. And anybody that goes through life that had any of those things could definitely relate to my book. Mm, Absolutely. All right, we have a a couple minutes left, actually three minutes left. So... What would you, when people come to you, or let me ask you this, when you give a talk and you've traveled around the world giving talks and people come up to you after your talk, what do they say to you? What are you hearing? Well, they speak to me about how inspirational my story is. I get a lot of people that come up and talk about their own experiences and how there are similar situations that mirrored my my downturn and the things that I went through and the life situations and that from hearing me talk about what I went through and where I'm at now, that for the first time they have hope in their life. Mm-hmm. And, and um there's And when they when they tell you yeah, when they tell you how they got through it, 
What do they say? Do they say it was a 12-step group? Do they say it was a rude awakening? Do they say it was someone who helped them? What do you hear a lot about that? I hear different pieces, but I guess the overall theme is is that they finally made a decision to help themselves, that they didn't mm-hmm. want to die, that they wanted to get better, that their mm-hmm. life was a disaster, and they were tired, they were sick and tired of living the way they lived. Mm-hmm. Very good. How can people find your book? Thank you for asking. Uh, they can go to my website, which is walkingoutheotherside.com. Uh, there's links to my book, which is available in hardcover, softcover, e-Kindle, as well as an audio book. If you go to Google or to any online retailer, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and you put in Walking Out the Other Side, and you Google that, it'll, links will be up all over the place where you can find the book. Okay. And if people want to contact you, can they do that? Yes, my email address is alan at walkingoutheotherside.com, and am I allowed to give out a phone number? Sure, of course. Sure, they can reach me. I'd be happy. I I do motivational speaking and speaking on recovery uh, at schools, organizations, businesses. Uh, My phone number uh, for free consultation, if you think my message might be helpful, is 646-228. Two two seven nine. Say that again. Six four six two two eight two two seven nine. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Alan, for being on the program, Alan Charles. All right. Walking out the other side. Thank you again. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, uh, coming up in our next half hour, our next guest, stay tuned. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. We'll be right back. 